my kids are very into the ASMR. I was thinking, okay, so this isn't ASMR, but maybe it is ASMR. Well, I read about a trend, which is like um, beautiful women with long nails and like all done up eating food. Oh, yeah. Like just eating massive amounts of food. And I was thinking maybe I could get into that. Get in on that game. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm eating three squares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating three squares. Y'all want to watch? Why not? Come pop in. I'll tell you what I'm pop making, in. what I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'll, sometimes when I do the paint and chats, I'm kind of not as chatty. And I'll be like, I'm just mostly going to paint on this one. And sometimes people have been like, I prefer that. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's fine. Me too. It's okay. Like, Do you want to do like a silent podcast? We'll just sit here. Let's just sit. You know what? Today, let's just enjoy the rain. Let's just sit and enjoy the rain. Yeah, it's pouring, 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 pouring rain. rain today. I love that you gave me, for tea Sleepy choices, a, a sweet dreams. <laughs> I like, threw that in. Does that to you shut me like, up? You were like, no caffeine, no caffeine. No I'm caffeine. like, okay, well, then how about some sweet uh, dreams, bitch? Today, I need the caffeine because... <laughs> Okay, he edits the podcast, and we love him to death. But Alex, we had an argument this morning because, God bless him, the man is good at everything else but cannot make a cup of coffee. Really? Which is baffling behavior. What do we got here? Oh, hi, Alexander. Um, Way to figure out that this is actually on. I'm just like... (laughs) You'd be like, nobody's watching this. I'm like, but actually somebody is watching this and somehow they figured out to to, watch this. Well, because (laughs) because we do do it at Fridays at two usually. So I think some people know that. Well, we moved it to Friday. We did move it to Friday. It's Fridays at two now. It was Thursdays at two. Every other Friday. Every other Friday. Yeah. Um, But also um, uh, people get a notification. Oh, yeah. I know that. But I just mean like. Yeah, you're but up still, on, you're paying attention are, to your notifications. I know, I know. People are ready for it. <laughs> well, I'm getting notifications I, all I the normally time. I can tell you. I'm I don't say kidding. hi to very many people, but Alexander, I always say hi to because he's always been sweet to us. And but yeah, so we had a huge, we had not a huge for us, a, a huge fight. Is he one of us says something slightly snotty and then later apologizes? It's a big fight for us. But he made a cup of coffee. He made. He's bad at making coffee. And it's wild to me because he is a baker he's a he's a he's good at everything but he makes the worst coffee there's no consistency to it sometimes okay. it's the weakest you've had sometimes it's the strongest sometimes it's you're like this doesn't even taste like coffee how did you manage this so i'm going to do something which as a friend as a girlfriend is not something that i would normally do however and that is to defend Are you, you're siding with alex <laughs> Only in oh, defense of myself. Okay. <laughs> because throughout my life, like I grew up with parents who were huge coffee snobs. My dad was such a huge coffee snob that he would like have a cultivate a relationship with a coffee roaster and go in and like have them roast the coffee to his own specifications. Oh, he's serious. Yeah. Really serious. Yeah. And then, um, so I grew up with like that being in the, in the environment. And then I've always loved coffee. I've always drank coffee. I've lived in places where they've had really good coffee shops. Um, but in the last, I would say five years, I feel like I can't make a good cup of coffee and I can't find a good cup of coffee. And I've tried like all different kinds of beans. I've tried all different kinds of grinders. I've tried all different kinds of um machines and <laughs> i made like the worst cup of coffee the other day 
Dave got us a co- uh, uh, one of those um, filters on your tap so that the water, because I was like, it must be the water. It's the water. No, <laughs> no, it's just, I can't do it anymore. And I feel like it must not be me. It must be that I am not, I don't have access to, like there's some part of the equation that is missing and I can't figure it out. Well, then... Alex will be relieved to hear that because, uh, and I like, I don't feel like I'm super coffee picky. You know, when I'm on the road, I'll drink like the red roof in lobby coffee. You know, uh, I get excited. So about- that's not even super picky. That's not picky at all. No, that is, you're an animal. <laughs> you're a, you're a, that's trash me. coffee. That's that trash <laughs> coffee. That's like how deep the addiction goes. I did at the beginning of Corona, uh, go off of coffee for about five or six months and then somebody started sending us I don't know who but thank you started sending us this lovely local coffee subscription and every week we got a different coffee from a different roaster delivered and we never knew who did it but it was a lovely gesture so thank you but I'll I started, take credit for it I did not do it <laughs> you did it thank you so much uh but I started drinking coffee again because of course I did we had all this lovely coffee in the house but um I have I feel like the extent of my snottiness is I have a burr grinder and yeah. a mechanical burr grinder and I do either a French press or a pour over but that's more just because I don't like a coffee maker taking up space on the counter and I just kind of also if I have a coffee maker I drink six cups of coffee I just drink coffee all day and if yeah. I have a pour over I drink one cup of coffee so uh I that's why I've been doing both of those but Every, I don't know. I, Alex just like every day that he makes coffee. I've kind of just started s- just getting in there before him and making coffee. And I also like I don't I he drinks his black, but I put a little bit of like soy creamer or something in there. Yeah. And I don't know how he does it, but every time he he makes me a cup of coffee, it's curdled. He's and I've been like maybe and so for like two weeks we've been going through a month two months even I've been like well maybe you're doing this and he's been like okay I'll fix that and today finally he brought me up this cup of coffee that was so rancid and usually I'll just drink it a lot of times I'll just drink it or I'll kind of be like yeah the, the creamer is curdled again and I'm not sure how you've done that uh but I'll so still that drink. would be that it's maybe too hot. Well, and I Is told him boiling water. We boil, yeah. But then you let it sit in, and I always pour the creamer in first, and then the coffee. Oh, looks like we lost it for a second. We'll see if it comes back. Um, it always seems to be when um, it's overcast or rainy. Yeah, I, I don't know. It must is. be a a weather thing. We'll see. I hope it comes back. It usually does. Hmm. Hmm. There's not really much, I think, on my end I can do. Oh, disconnect. I just, this way the people can have a, oh, look, I just, we're back, and look, you get to see the earrings I made, a close-up. This is my second go. Uh, Joss got a pair, too. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm not wearing them right now, but they are just over there on the table. But, I'm wearing uh, s- uh, earrings my sister made me. Oh, those are much nicer than the ones <laughs> I made. Those look incredibly <laughs> pro. Those are gorgeous. Mine, oh, dang. It must be, but I'm on Wi-Fi. I hmm. don't know. Hmm. It's probably because you accidentally called 911. It's before we did this. Probably because I called 911. <laughs> They're just calling back like, are you murdered? Try it one more time. We may just may be making a podcast. Mm, I don't know, guys. I think maybe because it's rainy. Although I'm on the Wi-Fi, so I wouldn't think that would matter a whole lot. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. We may end up just making a podcast with no... Uh, you'll have to listen to it with all the other plebs. Yeah. We're, we're wondering if it's because I accidentally called 911 right before we started the podcast <laughs> and they're trying to make Which sure I terrifying. didn't get murdered. Yeah. yeah, it was terrifying. It made a big noise and then it was like... Mur, mur, I hope then, they don't like come busting through the gate or if something. If they do, I'm going to pretend to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and quickly, I'm going to write Jocelyn on my chest in my own blood. And <laughs> Oh, sure. Make it a murder situation instead of just like... Just a sweet... <laughs> just a murder. Just like suicide. she just died. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm gonna make it a murder for sure. You know, it's health issues. Health issues. Um, anyway, we don't have to keep going on the coffee thing. But I just, I, I felt, I felt bad because Alex, like this morning, was kind of like, God, you're so picky, and I, which is, a, I hate to be called that. Yeah, I know. Because I feel too. like. I, like I said, like I said, I drink the Red Roof coffee, and there's I'm not no picky. way. I'm discerning. Yeah, and picky is based on. Uh, is just like a control thing. Yeah. Whereas discerning is I have a lot of experience yeah. and I've had a lot of exposure and I know what's good and what's not good. Yeah. And for me, uh, like as somebody who grew up with someone like a narcissist who never let you have your own opinions on things, and you, I was called picky for like, you know, being like, oh, I don't like burnt eggs. It's like, <laughs> no, that's reasonable. That's a reasonable thing to most people do not enjoy burnt eggs. But so I'm like very so I immediately just started crying because I'm so a full moon yesterday. So, of course, I'm on my period. So he was like, oh, you're being so picky. And I was like, and then he felt very bad. And then. I was like, you need to get your coffee situation figured out. Man, it's tearing this family apart. But no, it's fine. But um, yeah, so we called 911 and uh, and I'm going to report Alex is what I'm going to do. When they get here, I'm going to be like, my boyfriend's really bad at making cups of coffee. We have a an agreement that Dave makes coffee on weekdays and I make coffee on weekends. That's a good agreement. Because he has to get up before I do. And so if he's got to get up and go to work, then he makes the coffee. Except it's always just like this uh, guilt and haranguing. And it used to be really smooth. But now it's kind of like... He resents that he has to do it five days when I do it two days. Yeah. And so he'll say something like, where's my coffee? And I'll be like, well, it's a weekday, so why don't you get up and make it? <laughs> yeah, my parents went through that. It almost ended their marriage of 30 <laughs> right, years. Right. They really, like, uh-huh. they hit a point where it was all, the, when you were around them, it was all they fought. They would just fight nonstop about the coffee, and you're like, Jesus Christ, put it, put a maker <laughs> in your room. I'm begging you. Yeah, we have talked about that, and, and Dave thinks that that would be an important important uh part of our next remodel but i you know i actually don't mind i can get up and make the coffee but um if it's a weekday it's not my day (laughs) yeah and there is truly something magical about having being brought a cup of coffee in bed like i i really love to you know from having lived alone for a while and you know Although I trained my kids very early on how to make a cup of coffee. And so before, like when they were in junior high, before they'd leave for school, they'd come in and bring me a cup of coffee because they walked to school. So uh, I, I, can, I love I, that. I cannot, or I, I shouldn't say cannot, I will not 
get out of bed and go about my day without first having a cup of coffee while I'm laying in bed. Yeah, it's it's such a nice... It just feels like the most civilized thing. It is. And even if I have to get up a half an hour earlier just yeah. so that I can lay in bed and have a cup of coffee, I need that time to just wake up, have some peace, have some quiet, drink my coffee. Even when I was on the road, I would, I would like bring a little baggie of coffee because like in the rooms, a lot of times they'd have like the hot water onesie thing. Right. And I'd bring a little bag of coffee and I had this miniature little french press that i'd bring on the road yeah, with me. i take my own and french I would, press and me. i would drink a little i would you know get up at a lot of times like finish the show go to bed at 1 30 get up at 4 30 for my flight sit up and have a little <laughs> cup of coffee before yeah. i go just because it does it would always make it always makes me feel ready sets the tone sets the tone, sets the tone my parents the still they still get the newspaper and every day yeah they get up they have a cup of coffee they sit in bed and read newspaper cover to cover and then they go about their day. My parents do the exact same thing. I, my mom reads uh, like a book, but oh, my yeah. dad reads the paper and they have coffee in bed. And I used to just be like, because they did this all my whole growing up. Yeah, and I was like, too. what life are you people living? <laughs> like most people get up and they go to work, but my parents always had coffee in bed. And so, you know, I was an asshole about it. And then when I got to be an adult, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's <laughs> lovely, it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, the, one of the most special moments uh, in my whole life was uh, I had been interviewed for the local paper, the Idaho Statesman, but I thought it was going to be like, you know, a little article or something somewhere socked away in the arts section. And my parents sent me a picture in the morning of them in bed reading. I'm on the front page of the local paper and their little feet were like rub, like touched together. Like you can see the paper and then their little feet and them holding it. And I just thought that was the cutest thing in the world that they were sitting in bed reading about their kid on the front page of the paper. I just thought that was so cute. It And it really... I don't know until that moment that my parents believed I was a comedian. <laughs> Once I was on the front page of the local paper, comedian. they were like, I'm not sure what Emily's doing. She, <laughs> you know, she's gone sometimes, but like that was like, oh, local paper. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. That was big. If I ever get interviewed by Terry Gross, that'll really solidify it for everyone in my family. I am taking myself up on the challenge of writing my book you are and i'm really hoping it will culminate in terry gross talking to me um, or even though she doesn't do that many interviews anymore because they have a lot of wonderful um you know sub interviewers now yeah but yeah i decided that i'm going to so the act so the average novel is ninety thousand words so I am going to write 10,000 words a month for the next nine months. I love that. Which is only 2,500 words a week. Very doable. Very doable. Let's be accountability buddies. Yeah. Because I would love that. Please be my accountability buddy. Yeah. Because I, if I set a goal for myself and I like figure out the math of it, I'm usually really good at it. Um, but I could see myself in the next few months being like, oh, because it's already, I've been doing it. So I have about... 8,500 words so far. Yay. And Meryl Marco just wrote some great uh, harsh writing advice, which is um, just write a quick, very bad first draft. And so I'm trying to not be really picky. I'm just trying to get it out and then um, worry about quality later. So... Uh, that's great. I'm, 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 I've done January. That's amazing. I'm so impressed with you. you. You're doing the real thing, huh? Well, we'll see. 
I I will be your accountability buddy. And goes and uh, I will. I would love to do that. I'm um, working on a script uh, that's been really fun, and that's kind of what I've had to do. Is like because I get so like stuck on whether or not it's you know like every writer you're like well hold on I better make sure this is perfect before I move on but what I really need to work on is my book because it's almost finished and it needs some rewriting and it needs some final chapters and I've just been unable to it just seems like such a big project I'll get near it and be like I did as we've talked about I did nothing in 2020 I read I mean maybe I read a couple of books but I don't remember what they were and I'm usually a reader Mm -hmm. you know um, and then I I think I read like six or seven books in January and I started writing again and I'm like, I just have to act like this is part of my job. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it is part of my job. Yeah. I was writing a lot, you know, for a long time and like putting stuff up on the Patreon and then I've kind of just been like, I'm sorry, guys. I got nothing to say. It's for so like hard three if months, you don't I've have just, that emotional reservoir to just write. just been like, I don't. I don't have anything. Yeah. That's why I started working on some scripts and some fiction stuff because I felt like, well, maybe it can just be like a fun creative outlet, like, you know, painting or something because like the actual work I need to be doing, I've just been, I've just been unable to do it. Although I do feel like sometimes I do feel like you need space from something before you're ready to go tackle it all the way. So I am glad this book has taken me so long to finish, but every time I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, cause you needed this little piece of wisdom to finish it. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't in a place where you could accurately tell this story cause you were still close enough to it, you know? So I think it's good. It's taking a while, but also I haven't been trying anything for months because it's been horrible it's been horrible it's been horrible yeah it's been really horrible and i finally got just like the tiniest little bit of enthusiasm and ambition and it's like okay well just be practical about it yeah instead of trying to be like the artist because that's where i get you know i work with writers and i work in literature (laughs) and it's so hard uh to feel like I'm on the same plane or that I can compete. But I have to say what really solidified for me was two things. One, I've read some just really average books. Yeah. Just some, you know, like not great, fine. The story was there. The characters were a little thin. You know, I was like, well, this person wrote a book and this person got it published. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that, I work with writers and women writers always communicate uh, lack of confidence and uh, that they want something to be perfect and it's not perfect and therefore they're going to opt out of an opportunity. Yeah. And And they feel like they don't deserve it. Men never do that. I can tell you this has never happened to me that a man has come to me in the same exact situation with maybe the same amount of education, the same amount of uh, ability. And the man is always like so confident. And the women are always like, no, I don't think I feel like I'm just such a beginner, even though I've been doing this for 25 years. And I, I, it's actually my pet peeve now. I'm like, I'm done with women talking themselves out of what they really want to do because they don't think they're good enough. Yeah. And I don't want to be one of those women who's like hemming and hawing and removing myself from an opportunity. Like, why don't you put, throw your hat in the ring and let 
other people decide rather than you deciding that you're not even going to be part of something. Yeah. Because you're not confident. You're insecure. Like, fuck off with the insecurity. I dealt with this just the other day because I, it was one of those times where I was, I was mentoring a younger writer and, uh, was, this is bonkers. I know. I don't know why it keeps doing it. One of these times I am going to fall though. <laughs> I was mentoring. It's a comedy podcast. Uh, uh, I was mentoring this younger woman writer and she was talking about how like she doesn't feel like she has the right to write a script because she's never written anything before. And she, you know, she was kind of expressing like all these doubts. And I was like, you have, you have no idea how many men just jump in and write something. What, like one time, years and years ago, this, uh, producer writer asked if I would um, read a script because I was a mom and it had mom stuff in it. He wanted to make sure it had like that it was like accurate or whatever. And um, it was, and I'm just going to rat on this fella because this is so offensive. It was a a man who, a straight man who wrote a story about um, how this, these three men start a business selling their wives breast milk. And it's the whole story is about them like making this whole thing, like making this whole thing. And I sent my notes back with like, so the women are cows. The women <laughs> like literally have no say in the business, no stake in it are just being milked and their product sold. No agency within them whatsoever. And I was like, why are there men in this at all? Like, why is there a single man? And like, of course the main character is him, but a little more handsome, you know, like, <laughs> And I, I told her about that script and I was like, if someone has the audacity to submit that to me, <laughs> you can write your fucking story. Mm-hmm. Like, and if he could, if he thinks, he thinks I will read his milking story and be like, great work. Oh my God, you're such a genius. You know, I, I was even breastfeeding at the time and I was like, <laughs> are you serious? What's happening right now? And I can't tell you how many times I've read scripts, um, you know, whether in writing groups or um, I've judged things a lot of different times, you know, um, for different competitions and stuff where I've read scripts where you're like the audacity to think that you can tell this story. So, yes, I'm so excited that you're going to write your book. You absolutely don't need to hear it. But of course, you're talented enough. You're incredibly talented. Well, even if I'm not. Even if you're not, <laughs> please. There's plenty of people who also are not talented enough yeah. who just have the gall who just to go about go doing it. for it. <laughs> well, speaking of writers, I wanted to read you some of our latest comments. Oh, great. From the last podcast. Um, just because, okay, so there was there was one honest question. Someone asked after our last podcast, what age does every straight man have to see a birth? Like, what to age? And I, I say 15. I feel like that's a good age. Pre, like, Pre before you're about to have sex or before well before yeah i was gonna say uh like no later than early 20s yeah i think earlier than 20 but but late enough that you're a lot of people you know they bloom later and yeah. i've been i've been seeing that with teens now that i'm around teens i'm like oh you're really actually a, basically a toddler yeah yeah you're <laughs> still a kid which is you know that's totally fine right but i think like in between 15 and 20 I think is a good age because you're you're still young enough for it to really imprint on you, yeah. <laughs> and but old enough that you'll be like, ah, oh, that that makes a difference in how I'm going to go about my sexual a sexual business. So right. that's our answer to that. Keith Dean, who leaves a lot of comments, 
He said he can't wait till bikini season. I just thought I'd pass that along to you. Um, oh, great. Because I know you're also probably very excited for bikini season. I just bought my first one piece, 40 years old. I just, I finally bought, I've always bikinied it. Um, and this isn't because I was like, uh, like, I don't know. I feel like I can't wear a bikini. I just saw a really cute one piece and thought like, oh, I'm going to try a little one piece situation. And I, that now I have a one piece as well of several slutty bikinis. So, okay. Also can't wait for bikini seasons. <laughs> Keith, we're also super stoked. What I does like your bikini look like, Keith? Because I'd like to see that. Yeah. Send, sh- send us a if little shot. <laughs> I'm obsessed with uh, on Amazon if you buy or uh, 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 bikini on there. People post pictures. Oh yeah, I love to look at people's. Not for not a sexual, not a horny reason. I just really love to see what people are doing. You know, <laughs> out there in their tiny pink bikini. Um, I love so. Okay, also, uh, I went through and I managed uh my page a little bit in the couple skate included but just kind of all over so for many many years i did not allow uh comments i just always would not allow comments on anything and after covid hit i kind of felt like well dang it we keep losing everybody here i don't know why it keeps doing that um all right i'll try it we'll keep we'll just keep (sighs) reconnecting Hmm. i don't know Jocelyn over here with her teenager. I feel like when you get everything right <coughs> technologically in the yeah. setup, then there just like has to be. It's a full moon. Like it's, there has to be some sort of yeah, like something psychic interruption. Well, um, I went through and I cl- I used to never allow comments, and people would get mad uh, and send me emails about how they weren't going to watch my videos if I didn't allow comments, and I'd be like, okay, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> one viewer. Um, but after COVID hit, I felt you know. I'm not doing stand-up anymore, so I opened up the live streams and stuff, and I've been, like, interacting with people more for me and for them because it seems like it's a bit of a symbiotic thing, and it's been fun mostly. But just in the last, weirdly, like, two weeks, I've started to get, you know, we we will get, like, MILF and, sh- you know, comments like that, but I've started to get, like, really obnoxious comments. And somebody uh, staunch... 2207, that's this guy's name. Yeah, of course This is such a small comment. And for whatever reason, it was just like the one that put me over the edge. And it's I, I've gotten plenty of comments worse than this. This is not that big of a deal. It just was the one that finally I was like, maybe we won't allow comments anymore. Uh, you have to earn the comments. Yeah, you guys are about, you're being naughty and you're about to get grounded, which I feel bad because there's actually a lot of really lovely people who leave thoughtful sweet comments and who during the live stream jump in and say say fun things and have fun conversations like during the paint and chat i want people to be able to interact with me and each other because that's the point of it um but it's also a bit like in comedy when there's a heckler i can pause like i stop the show and i deal with a heckler whereas somebody if somebody leaves a shitty comment it's like well it's what are you going to go back and respond to this it's like not worth your time so um he just he a couple uh, for whatever reason people had left some man had left a bunch of comments on across platforms on multiple videos and on multiple platforms about how I he was disgruntled because I spend too much time on my appearance and he was like so disgusted on multiple comments about that and then after that staunch left a thing that said he could tell it takes me quite a while to put my hat on and that was on (laughs) a live stream so is that about your appearance or just about the fact that 
You had a complicated Am hat. I an idiot who can't put on hats? And he's concerned. He's like, listen, I'm a little, I think it was what that I looked fuck? honestly so good in this hat. But he's like, that must have taken hours. It, it must have taken her half the day. Jealous. Um, and he probably was, has one of those heads that maybe. looks bad He's a big a head and he never, and I look amazing in hats. You've seen, you've seen, I look great in hats. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that is so stupid. Just, can, can we just put like the kibosh for once and for all on, well, first of all, live stream comments about appearance. Yeah. Sometimes people will compliment and jump in and be like, you, also, look, like, you look pretty. And I'm like, women's thanks. appearance in general. Yeah. Just, just, Hey, keep it to yourself. Like what year do you think it is, man? Like, just keep it to yourself. If you're like, if you don't like the content and you're, you can be like, all right, I'm going to bounce. This is not mandatory for but anyone. Like you're watching the whole thing and then being like, <laughs> looks like it takes you a long time to put on hats. <laughs> like, I don't need. And also I was wearing coveralls and had like, just like literally when I do my paint and chats, I'll be like, oh, I have like 45 minutes while the kids are, you know, like hanging out and kind of occupied. And so I'll run out to the shop, put on my coveralls and a hat, turn the little heater on and then paint and talk to people for 45 minutes because I'm like people seem to enjoy this it's a nice way to interact Hollywood liberal that's what it is I'm a Hollywood (laughs) liberal who spent hours on my hat situation it just it's such a it was such a small comment but for whatever reason it just was like finally the thing where I was like I'm done I'm done hearing from men about how like either either I didn't look I don't look like I did enough or I look like I did too much and it got me thinking about there's a movie I just watched, 2010, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it's called How Do You Do? I don't know. It's called something. Right. <laughs> I can't remember. One of those. It's a rom-com. And um, the whole movie, it, I watched it and I immediately was like, should we also have a show where we watch old like movies from the 90s and the th- like early thousands that were so acceptable at the time, but now you're like, how fucking sexist is this? Because it's a perfect example of one of those movies because um, the whole movie is basically written by a man, directed by a man. It made me realize too, I was like, why do women watch rom-coms? Because the men who write them hate us so much. Like Reese Witherspoon's whole point, she plays softball and she's not like other girls. That's the whole movie. I, you do, didn't miss a thing. Uh, Jack Nicholson's in it inexplicably. But he's, but the whole thing is just her being like, I, I wrote down some notes for you because I need to tell you. Okay, <laughs> basically the moral of the movie is men will love you if you smother your anger, smother your fingers, accept neglect as affection, thrive on your partner's indifference as though it is love, mm-hmm. look immaculate but never care about your appearance. And the whole thing, at one point, uh, she like gets mad and then she's like, you know what? I'm and also eat food. Also, oh my God. It's if you are a girl and you're eating food in the movies. Yeah. If you're a man who writes scripts where the only way you know how to ex- show that a woman has a personality outside of girly girl is that you keep showing her eating sandwiches. <laughs> I hate you and you shouldn't write anything. Like that was my big uh, issue with Birds of Prey. The Margot Robbie new uh, Harley Quinn movie was like the whole time she's trying to fuck this sandwich basically. And like, that's what passes for a a woman having like a depth of personality in movies is like, she eats food. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we're all doing that. That's fine. What if she like hated Reagan? You know, (laughs) like what if that was her big personality depth, you know, is that she was really against the racism in the Reagan years. It's so it was. But I just it made me just like 
Hey, Cirque, we're making a podcast. My man, we're making a podcast. Come it's here. Boo-Boo next door. Makes oh, them all nerfed up. Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo. Sounds like a, a dog I'd bark at. Yeah, you should. But Boo-boo's it just made asshole. me... It just kind of like struck a last okay, chord with me. I... I'm glad you're critiquing these and they should, we should bring it up and critique them. However, I don't want to watch those movies. Oh, please. Because I, um, I've seen those movies and I never want to see another one. I, I am so (laughs) critical of it. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I, 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 like, I don't even want to give them the residuals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the three cent residuals they're going to get. I don't want them to have it. Yeah. I just want women to make Hey, 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 hey Angel. Come on. Um No. Um I do this every time. I I don't know why I go back to them. Maybe it's because I like I, w- I was texting a friend about it well, and he was like Nora he was Ephron like or something. Yeah, I guess I should just be more discerning and but I also I love Reese Witherspoon, okay? I just wanted to watch yeah, she's her. She's been in some real dogs. She has. And and I guess I ha- I rewatch it almost in a way I got mad too because I was texting with a male friend about it. I said I was going to watch it. We were playing chess online while I was watching it and I was like, this movie is so sexist. And he was, and I, I said, you know what? I feel like watching movies like this, sometimes it's like a way for me to forgive myself for what a mess I was in my 20s and 30s or teens and 20s even because I watch movies like that and I'm like, oh, of course I was a mess. And he was like, oh, way to, cha- to blame all your issues on pop culture. And I was like, you have no idea. idea. No you idea. have no idea what it was like to grow up with Britney Spears as like you're the ideal. Like I had a boyfriend break up with me because I wasn't Shakira. Yeah, I'm like, also, yeah, man, I had a boyfriend I, break up with me because I didn't look like Isabella Rossellini. Yes, yeah. Like, like what are you supposed I to... Like, I live in Caldwell. I go to high school. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, and a movie like that in 2010, I remember watching stuff like that and thinking like, oh, okay, so to be the ideal woman, I need to like smother my rage and... Um, you know, you like you were taught that being re- desirable was like the pinnacle of like what you were supposed to be doing with your life, and so you were always sort of whether you wanted to or not, subliminally paying attention to these cues of like, all right, so I got to make sure to never get mad at men and to let them get away with everything, and it, to be like one of the good girls. You know, you had to like put up with so much bullshit. Ah, ah. Okay, that's talk about bullshit. And so then it brings me to this. So I love this. Uh, the coffee shop where I go, um, there's this lovely younger woman barista. She's probably 24, 25, maybe even younger. She's lovely. And she um, she the, she cut this uh, haircut that is like, it's like a bowl cut. Like it's shaved all the way up and then it's like a bowl all the way around. And she dyed it bright red. And I uh, before that, she had very long, beautiful hair. And I walked in. I was like, oh my gosh, your hair... Uh, it looks so cute and she was like oh yeah I just wanted to try something different I was just kind of like in, I wanted to do something kind of fun and punk rock and I was like yeah it's really it's really cool I like it and I was like but it must have been you know it must have been a big deal to chop off your long you know boob length flowy gorgeous hair I was like I've I've wanted to cut my hair for a long time but I always kind of find myself like constrained by this idea that I have to have long hair as uh I don't know I'm just used to it I've had long hair forever uh, have you been told repeatedly that oh. men prefer women with long hair yeah and do I <laughs> feel weirdly unfeminine and unlovable uh-huh. without it uh-huh. for sure um <laughs> Yeah, and I said, I said like, oh yeah, I have kind of that hang up, and she goes, oh, 
weird. I guess like for me, it's just like, it's my own head. <laughs> I was like, fucking yeah. And I was like, see, you girls are going to be fine. There's no Reese Witherspoon movie right now messing you up, making you feel like you got to be. You mean you're not going to consider some arbitrary stranger in your personal yeah. decisions about your own body what what <laughs> what and her it was funny because her reaction was that but to me like so you like you want to cut your hair on your own head but you can't because you feel like a weird necessity to please other people i was like okay so you had good parents congratulations okay welcome to you your two family home okay good for you i even said i'm like you had good parents and she's like yeah i had really good parents i was like oh cool but also it was a different different time yeah because i mean i don't think your parents were terrible my parents weren't terrible. well my father was well your father was yeah you know yeah but i was raised by liberal lesbian hippies and i i am sometimes surprised that society was still able to make such a thumbprint on me because i was raised by women who were very anti-gender norms you know i don't it's it's maybe in some ways for me that was a way to rebel from all that was to be like girly or something although I really wasn't and look at me I'm still wearing a man's flannel and a man's hoodie sweater so that I stole you got earrings on you have been trying I really hard I know you guys I'm sorry I put so much effort in my appearance I did not comb my hair but I did put on some mascara and some earrings so. I put uh, some effort into my appearance because I was going to see another human today yeah it's me you look beautiful I love your hair ponytailed like that thank you um well, I, speaking of people criticizing you for the things that you're wearing, I got these new shoes. Yeah. Cute. Because I um I have terrible feet and I'm I walk a lot and I always have terrible blisters and things like that. And so Dave had gotten these new shoes called what's the brand here? Ultras. And he said they were so comfortable and he was wearing them at work. And so I was like, well, I'm going to get a pair of these ultras and see if they work for me. So when I go on my walks, I'm going to break them in. And so I put them on the other day and he came in and he said, oh, you got new shoes. I said, yeah, what do you think? And he said, you look like someone who sews their own pants. <laughs> Dave, that is... Both such a sick burn, but also kind of a compliment in these know, days with I all the cottage like, core things going on. Look at these on. shoes and tell me I don't sew my own pants. Um, that's funny because when I walked in, I was like, "Those are super cute." <laughs> do you sew your own pants? Do you sew your own pants? I I liked them. I like them because um, they make your feet look so little that I that they make me have that reaction when you see miniatures where you're all ooh tiny bread. You yeah, know, so that's, they're kind of short and wide. Yeah, and he also thinks that they're too small. And I get this from my sister as well, because my so I have you and I both have small feet, yeah, like a six and a half, yeah. right? Hey, bunny, um, and so my sister has like a size ten and a half shoe, and so whenever she sees, she's a monster. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, she's also like I'm five. She's very tall, five two and a half, and she's five eight or five. She's nine. a lithe ballerina person. Yes, yeah. So it's not like it's not weird that she has big yeah. feet. It would be weird if I had those big feet, but I'm a short person, so I have small feet. Um, but every time she sees my shoes, she's like, those must be too small. 
That is exactly what my mom always says to me. My mom goes, that can't, those can't possibly fit you. <laughs> Honey, you can't wear shoes that are too small it'll stub your toes. And I'm always like, these fit me. I This is my shoe this size. This is what my foot looks like. <laughs> yeah, my sister. And then Dave was like, those shoes don't fit. You're going to have to send them back and get a bigger pair. I'm like, but that's the size of my feet though. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> actually, this is the right size. That's so funny because uh, that is definitely, everybody in my family always thinks that I'm like, like being vain and putting and to the point where one of my aunts regularly drops me off shoes that are size eight like she'll buy me shoes and be like I got you some shoes and I'm like I don't wear a size eight I don't wear a size eight I'm sorry also always have been deeply offended honestly maybe this is our next venture together is I've always been deeply offended that I'm not on wiki feet deeply offended because like I'm famous famous enough to have a wiki feet I have gorgeous gorgeous adorable feet not on wiki feet and we could maybe we should do a calendar a couple oh I have ugly calendar. feet no way I, oh I do I do have you? very ugly feet uh, they're small, but they're hideous. And that is because... <laughs> small, but hideous. Is that the name of your book? Because I think Because that's- <laughs> I was a dancer oh. as a child. And nothing fucks up your feet more than dance, dance yeah. shoes. Did you wear ballet? Yeah. Like point? Yeah. Oh, point? Well, yeah, point. Yeah. Well, even just the regular dance shoes, if your feet are developing... Um, yeah, so I have... Which is part of my problem, why I have to get... Why I'm always trying to find shoes that don't hurt, kill my feet is because I think they were deformed from dance. Yeah. And I did dance. So you I, would, yeah, you would not. I, I never did point. Terrible, so. terrible um, ingrown t- toenails. I remember because we used to, that used to be our thing. Go see Miss Lee. Yeah. Get pedicures yeah. once a month. That used to be our thing that we would do together. And, and she is like the only the one who can like take care of my feet. I have turned several other people who have like, the kind of ingrown toenails where they have to like see a doctor mm-hmm. onto Miss Lee and now she because she is she's like a magician for people during COVID it's been terrible and Dave actually did a pedicure for me the other day because I had so many ingrown toenails and um he's gonna be doing it from now on yeah <laughs> I'm like you cut I cut your hair you have to you have to help me with my feet I need to make that deal with Alex because he one time painted my toenails and I swear I had paint up to my knees I was like how are you doing this bad on purpose like the coffee so that I'll just do it like is that what's happening he's so bad at it that I just was like it's okay I'll just it's I got it that was very sweet of you but yeah we had kind of a spa day that sounds nice and uh, I've always cut Dave and Bodie's hair and my dad's hair and all the kids hair but I was like somebody needs to do some some grooming for me I think yeah because it's COVID and I can't go get a pedicure and I'm desperate for one. I I cut the boys' hair, although the two big boys are growing it out, which I love. I everybody's yeah, like, Bodie's growing his out, and he's gonna. Oh, he said it. he's gonna cut it the day before school's out. Oh, so he's trying to get as long as he can before Cute. school's out. I really love in COVID all these men growing their hair. I love long hair on men. I I think it's so. I don't know. I just love it because. It, I, I feel like most men feel like they can't have long hair and sometimes like men will be like oh my hair is getting so long and you're like it's literally an inch and a half uh, you, you could let it go it depends on the man because I think there's some men who get uh, attached to their weird long hair yeah and it doesn't look good I do have a friend who has been losing his, like if you're a bald man who has long hair, I think you can totally pull off that look as long as you As long admit, as you comb it over exactly the way. <laughs> as long, no, and no, the opposite. As long as you don't try to make it look like you have hair. What's so maddening is like, I have this friend who, he's been losing his hair for years and like bald to about here, but he wears a hat and then he, he has very, very long hair, but he like pulls it forward under the hat so that it looks like it's coming down from here. And you're like, 
buddy, we have all seen you without a hat. Who is that for? And then like when he does take off his hat, it's all kind of crimped kind of up from being and it's like very like so you don't have to do that for sure i mean here we no, are criticizing men's I, appearance but well except that i, I do want to say there there is maybe no equivalent uh for women the balding thing yeah and when i think about like i used to be pretty critical of men trying to cover up their bald spots or growing their hair long when they shouldn't be but when i think about what it would be like to lose your hair that would be very traumatizing. Yeah, especially I think since that is, a lot of men go bald when they're really young. Yeah, my brother went bald. Started when he was seventeen. Yeah, it started very young, and so did my grandfather. Um, my brother went bald at like twenty-two, and he's shaved his head. Yeah, and he yeah. he's kind of owned it. But I don't know that it had if I started going bald that I'd own it. I mean, I'd I be like, several, oh my god, this is horrible. I do know several women who have gone bald, like. Um, a, well, I think it would almost mine. be easier if, as a woman because she's, you can yeah, wear wigs. Well, she doesn't. And in fact, that's one of the reasons I've always kind of just thought like she's such a badass because she started going bald in her late 30s and she was just like, I'm not I'm not going to worry about this. Like, I'm not going to make this a thing. And so she just has gone pretty much bald and she's just been like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to think about so it. I, I think I would enjoy the wigs. Wigs I are like fun. a wig. Yeah. I mean, I like a wigs wig are. and I have hair. Yeah. But wigs are fun. You know, I think that would be easier. With men, they have to wear, you know, if they're going to do something, it's a toupee or plugs or all those options are just really sad. Plugs are terrible. And I actually really find a man, nothing more sexy than a man Picard style who has gone bald and just been like, But some people have bad heads. That is true. And that's got to be horrible. Alex is, um, you know, he's gone quite bald, but he has a perfect shaped head. And I told him, I'm like, the more you lose, the more I get to see that beautiful noggin. Doesn't have a perfect head. He has kind of smashed on the back head and he's starting to go bald. And I think he's like, oh God, what is what's under here? (laughs) (laughs) It could be anything. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I I can see how that would be scary. I, I can see that. You're right. You're right. That's true. It's all right. I mean. And anyway, I think we can still criticize men. Yeah, I think I think we're still gonna. (laughs) I mean, if people are going to be saying I can't put a hat on, uh, which is funny because I brought one. I was just going to put it on because my head's cold, but I guess I'll have to put my hood on. It's particularly cold. I brought it to prove it only takes me a second to put on. (laughs) I got my shit together. Time you. That's what I'm going to do. Time me. Oh, here it is. Timing it. Okay. (laughs) Time me. Go. All right. Here we go. Oh, this is taking way too long. Okay, I had a ponytail in. <laughs> Wait. Okay, ready? Okay, now time me. Go. Ready? <laughs> How is it? <laughs> I can tell from your face. It no, it's perfect. It actually looks adorable. It looks... Uh, oh, gosh, sir. I think he's protecting what us. I think he's worried. Hat alert. Yeah. We get, hat on. Hat on. That's hey. why Sark's barking is because I... Hey. He thought I took too long. <laughs> like, honestly, you're so vain. You're so vain. Don't do that. I think Can we talk about that song like, for a second? Which song? You're so vain? Yeah. You probably think the song is about you? Yeah. Um, I listened to that song the other day, and I was thinking how uh, l- immaculate lyrics in that song. Yeah. Um, just such a good song. And um, did I? so I fell into a deep dive of researching yeah. why she wrote it. And did you know Robert Redford, after she wrote that song, called her and thanked her for the song? And she was like... It's how did what I've you? heard her interviewed about it, and she said every man, every man <laughs> that she knew, thought it was about that was about him. Amazing, and I, I was like, I it's perfect. It. And it, 
I posted that song on like I don't know MySpace one time, oh. and every fucking guy was like, "Did you post that because of me?" Oh my god, that's like back in the MySpace days. I was on a real Paul Simon kick, and I posted. You know, I I miss that you could do your song. You yeah. know, it's on your page, and I did fifty ways to leave your lover, and same. I got like 50 messages from guys being like, are you trying to get me to leave my wife? And I was like, no, I just have been listening to a bunch of Paul Simon and, and everybody's like, I'm not, I'm not leaving unless like you want me to. And like, no, okay. I was just listening to Paul Simon a bunch and not, not trying to get you to listen. Not to about your wife. you. Um, I have to tell you this phrase. So yesterday I did a wonderful podcast with a comedian, Brie Pruitt. Her podcast is You Can Do she It. She's so hilarious. She's so hilarious. So hilarious. Such an amazing, wonderful person. Um, you can check out. So I, my episode comes out next Wednesday. So check it out. It's it's We had we did a deep dive. It was so fun. But she was telling me, uh, so yesterday um, was a full moon. And she was like, she's very into astrology and a lot of things. And she was saying... It was supposed to be the best day of the year. It was supposed to be the best day of the year. And she said it, that the full moon and the, the moon, in, like particularly this time, was all about... Uh, I forgot already. <laughs> Unexpressed glories. And I just loved that phrase so much. And I was trying to, and so she said like that this like next week you need to be thinking about what are your unexpressed glories that you haven't like, like, because I think 2020 had us also beat down like that 2021 needs to be about like what you were too tired to articulate and be excited about and like like your book you're like gonna start working or you already are working on this incredible project and I just I love that I love that for uh for our listeners and for everybody to just like make the next like two weeks until the new moon about unexpressed glories isn't that fun yeah it's a fun phrase I could see you're like I don't I don't have more to add. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I don't know how, I, can we make it unexpressed glory? Can we just do one glory? Just one glory? Yeah. Because What's your glory? I, I'm so intimidated often by like all the things that we have to do. I mean, this is something that I think about probably every day, which is I should be exercising. I should put on um, sunscreen. I should um, floss. I should... Uh, right. You got the shoulds. I should. Oh, you got the I shoulds. Do, I do that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I need to go work out. Oh, I need to take a walk. And um, all of the, all of those things, I think, like, well, I'm capable of doing all of these things. But at some point, your unexpressed glories become shoulds. Or they mm. can. Not that they will, but they can. And so I'm also trying to have some, like, realistic, like, practical... Uh, ways in which I can have my unexpressed glories and not feel burdened by my shoulds. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to be balanced about it because it can be like I. That was the other thing yesterday because I always do a full moon meditation and um, kind of just you know try to sit and be like, all right, what do I need to think on for two weeks until the the new moon? And for me, the word that kept coming up over and over yesterday was unlearning and I think that that's because I've been having the shoulds really bad I've been sitting down to write and then being like miserable or being like oh I need to do yoga and then being miserable about it and instead I was like what if you started uh, like unlearning 
these ways of doing things that you were pre-COVID kind of, you know, like pre-COVID behaviors, the shoulds of like, I should exercise, I should go to, you know, like all these things that like, instead trying to be like, oh, I get to write, I get to carve out this time, I get to do this, you know, um, and which, you know, is easier said than done because I end up being like, I get to exercise and so I probably won't. <laughs> I don't want to. No thanks. But I'm trying to be like no because the weather's been shitty. You can't go anywhere and I'm like maybe after covid we can ha- we can start to feel like remember that those things are privileges like going to the gym i haven't been to a gym you know since last march last february it's been a year and i feel like maybe instead a lot of those things will feel like privileges you know getting to go to a coffee shop to write right now to me like because we've had to be so careful like i haven't been inside a coffee shop just to sit and like I used to go down to push and pour a couple times a week and just sit and write. And it was, it's so much easier for me than sitting at home. Just, you know, cause I, because there's like a set time I write for two hours, then I go home and that all of those things will feel like privileges. You know, they'll feel like glories instead of feeling like shoulds. Maybe, 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 maybe. or maybe I'll go to the gym once and then be like, I'm just going to keep paying for this and then never come back. Like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about going to the coffee shop and like, the texts that I would send you or my sister just like I cannot believe that I'm sitting here listening to this fucking asshole <laughs> talk about his like dietary restrictions and like <laughs> but see you, that's part of the glory so annoyed every time I went to a coffee shop because there was some blowhard talking so loud yeah. about what he's doing with him like <laughs> some guy on a first date who doesn't ask the woman he's with a single question for two hours yeah like just sitting and then there the watching goes, her nod I'll her keep head. you in mind and leaves and you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, see, so I feel like I would I just go back to in. my cynicism and frustration. I mean, maybe I won't. Or maybe I just won't. Maybe I'll find somewhere else instead of the coffee shop. Yeah, you find, I mean, I don't know. I just, all these little things that before seemed like pains in the asses will maybe seem for a year it will all be like oh how nice to be at fred meyer <laughs> you know just tootling around without a mask I'll, if when we get to do that if we get to do that oh my god i soon. used to do that like twice a week <sighs> so much time with fred meyer i miss a wander i know it makes me a shitty little capitalist but man i miss just wandering around a target <laughs> you know just in that like that way that you used to where you had nothing else nothing right like going i had to get on. a new doormat yeah, because the last time I got a doormat was too long ago, and so it, you know, there's a stage of a doormat where it stops doing its job and instead yeah. makes more of a job. Yeah, like it starts flaking you're off, just tracking it inside. <laughs> right, so now you're you're bringing in the doormat, and so I was like, I gotta get a new doormat, and I thought, oh, Target is where I would go to get a doormat, yeah. and they would always have like a fun and you go, cute, oh look at these, like, they have kitties. That's yeah, nice. Look at this doormat, oh, and then and standing nice. there deciding whether nineteen ninety nine is too much to pay for a doormat. Yeah, but then they have this one for thirty five ninety nine, which definitely is too much. Wow, that's so a- nineteen isn't that bad. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> but these over here, I don't like them, but they're on sale. They're and 11. while I'm here, I'm gonna go look yeah. at the cloth napkins. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, or something like I'm gonna go over to the stationary section because yeah, have oh, a toodle I in the seasonal section yeah have a little toodle around i'm gonna go look at the kids shoes because my feet are so small i can wear kids Ooh, shoes <laughs> take that mom <laughs> yeah i i just miss there's like all these little things like i really i really missed i used to go to the ymca 
and do noon yoga with the old people because I don't like a competitive young person assholey yoga class. I just want to be with a bunch of old people who are just like everybody knows each other except for me and I like to like listen to everybody's little conversations about their daughters and do like very low key yoga. I miss YMCA noon yoga so bad. That's what I want to get back to. And not YMCA Nuno. I mean, I wouldn't go right now, but I imagine if you do go, it's like two masks and you're just hoping you don't kill somebody's grandma. You know, like that's what that all feels like now. I just want to go do that stuff. At the same time, though, you know, uh, it it made me realize the other day that I was going to have to go back to comedy. And I I had a full (laughs) panic attack yesterday. Like, oh, 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 yeah. I'm like really, really. Oh, by the way, congratulations on your first vaccine. I did. I got vaccinated. Uh, It was just a stroke of luck, like kind of in the right place at the right time. And I'm on a high risk group list. So I was able to be like. Uh, a contractor didn't want theirs and it turns out with the Pfizer vaccine they have five days to put it in somebody's arm so if they have extras they're just like whoever is around they're just like do you want the vaccine and I was like yeah I do so I got super lucky um I didn't have any it's funny I don't I, I, my arm was sore the next day like didn't have any real side I had a little bit of a headache and my arm was sore and then last night for whatever reason my shoulder swole up real big and I was like well that's just my immune system because I have a funky immune system being like I don't know put some fluid in it you know like <laughs> but yeah after I got it I actually um when I went to get it like when they pulled me into the room to get it I started crying like I just all of a sudden got this like huge wave of excitement and then I kind of started crying and I was like I'm sorry I don't know what's I just feel very emotional about this. Oh, I know I will be that way and I will be that way. I, I mean, I'm less concerned about myself, but I'm really really desperate for Dave to get it yeah. because Dave still goes to work every day and he works in an industry where uh, it's a hoax and nobody wears a mask. Yeah. And so he has to be extra double careful and then also risk, you know, people being shitty to him all the time and it's been like a year and he's just fucking fed up. Yeah. And uh, so I really, really want him to get the vaccine, and I really want my parents to get it. And well, they, and they can this week. They're opening it up for sixty. Well, and over, they're opening but, it up, but, but it's going to be packed. And, well, and it, there's no good system, and they're you know yeah. I've done all this research to try and figure out how to get on a list, and it's still arbitrary, and they're doing a bad job. Yeah, I know. Um, I felt bad taking a vaccine because I was like, I'm I'm high risk, but like. I'm certainly not the highest risk person, you know, like uh, there are definitely people with like a lot more health problems than me. And I felt bad taking one. And I'm like, isn't there a way to like, isn't there like a no, better there's no waiting system. list? There's, but there's no, not. There's, there's like, no like, no system you know, there's for other it. states that have a wholesale, like, like you sign up on the website and they know where you are and they find a location for you. Yeah. And, and we just don't have that at all. And our governor is just like, well, you need to get the vaccine. It's very important. And it's like, but dude, how you haven't told people how they can do it. You haven't figured out how to get it to people. You just told them they have to do this. And even some if of fr- us want to do it, like I'll do it right now. Yeah. Like, and people are even a friend of mine who's a healthcare worker got her first one. And then the l- number she was supposed to call to get the second one was disconnected and she was like what do I what do I do what do I do and she was finally able to get it but like a week late which is scary you know and she she had to like scramble around and f- find out how to do it herself because the system is so broken here yeah of course it is it's Idaho but so I know I wish Dave could get one 
I I felt very lucky I was able to get one and you know I it's been I started crying partly because like it's been terrifying like my health has really improved in the last couple of months um, I haven't had to go to the emergency room in two months or urgent care or anything and I've had like two months of good health but it's been scary you know this whole year being like you know we're super careful but like we share a household with my kids and you can only ask them to be as careful as they feel like being and that's been terrifying and you know I had a lot of months where I just was like god how annoying that I'm gonna like I could die from you know like I just it was always in the back of my mind and I cried a lot over it and just getting the vaccine was such a you know I mean, afterward, I'm still going to be careful. I'm still going to wear a mask. I'm still going to socially distance, all of those things. It's not like I have some wild plans. Somebody was like, no, you can go back on the road. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to be doing comedy. Like, for one thing, I'm not going to, because I have a vaccine, put other people at risk because all of a sudden I think I'm invincible, which you're not, obviously. Right. So, Yeah. Well, the one thing, I, I guess I brought that up because I, I don't want to go back to the office. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go back to work. I'm like, do you know how much more productive I am in my own home? Yeah. I cannot believe how much more productive I am in my own home. And for me, that that's like, like, I don't really care about going back to the gym. I was kind of between gyms anyway. And uh, I, you know, I'll be glad to go to a restaurant again. I think that'll be fun. But work is like giving me this mental block. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. Yeah. When I was saying yesterday on that podcast that I'm like, I do not want to go to com back to comedy. I, as I both really desperately do. And I really desperately miss the standup, but like the industry and a lot of the comedians, it's been like, Oh yeah, I've gotten to be like this very soft, gentle version of myself for the last year where like, I don't have to defend myself a whole lot and I don't have to be on my guard for about being sexually assaulted. You know, like all of these things I've just gotten to be like very, this very like sweet version of myself. And when I realized I would have to go back to my job, I started to like really panic. And Brie was like, yeah, I don't think that's just comedy. I think everybody who's been working from home is realizing they're going to have to go back to their job and is like, well, I don't want to. How much time of your life it takes up and wastes, like yeah. just driving back and forth and driving to meetings. And, uh, you know, like now I can throw a load of laundry in uh, and, you know, that it's the time between yeah that like now i am actually writing because i was going to work i was going to work early basically i was starting my work day at seven yeah uh when i don't really have to start working until eight and then i was like oh but i don't have to do that i could do something because i don't have to get in the car i don't have to go and scrape my windshield i don't have to pack a lunch i don't have to like make time to take a walk during my lunch break like I can just do all those things and it's very smooth and very easy and I don't know like I just feel like the eight hour workday is actually 10 11 hours yeah and I don't want to give that time when I can just do my job from here yeah and I, th I think that's why Republicans have been uh, not just Republicans but the elite have been so against people working from home or you know cl shutting things down it's because they know all all of the the little cogs in the wheel will be like wait 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 wait. 40 is too many hours what are well, we doing not 40 even. For? i mean i think i i think i put in as much time as i did but well, yeah, i'm but not losing time plus. i mean i miss my coworkers, but i have to say the time wasted standing around like talking over a cup of coffee about somebody's kids yeah i'm not doing that anymore yeah <laughs> Yeah. So I'm actually, because I'm here at my home office, I'm working 
And, you know, maybe I'm losing a little time doing some stuff around the house or getting up and moving around because that's another thing. Like if I'm at work, I don't get up and move around and I feel like physically totally gross working in an office. And now I'm just like, oh, I get up every hour. I walk around, I do a little chore and then I go back and it's so like rather than sitting there just like a slug, you know, slowly doing something. I'm like, oh, I'm powering through it. I'm getting it done. And then I'm also, you know, putting something in the crock pot for dinner. Everybody. I mean, it's everybody has known forever that nobody is working 40 hours except for servers at their job. You know what I mean? If you're in the service industry, you're working the whole time, you know, pretty much at, at jobs like that. But any sort of office job, like my ex who was an engineer would always say he worked 40 hours a week and he would be like, this is 12 hours of work. Yeah. And the rest is meetings because they know everybody's just like mm-hmm. done. And so they would just have like four hour meetings every day. And he was like, everything else is just filler that they know so we filler. don't need to be here. And yeah. And why arbitrarily it just like just so happens to take 40 hours exactly for everybody to do their yeah. entirely different job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so much of and it is we busy all work. are totally different people, and we read at a different speed, and we do we type at different speeds, but it still takes forty hours for us all to do our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you know people always are like, "I want to be a comedian." You work an hour a night, and I'm like, "That's not no," because you're traveling all day. And, you know, you're doing promotion and you have to do radio and you have to do all your social shit and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, still, I probably work, I probably work 30 hours a week, you know? And it's funny because when you're filing for unemployment, they're like, do you work 40 hours a week, you know, for your self-employment thing? You're like, sure, (laughs) sure I do. (laughs) Yeah. And even like while you're unemployed every week, they ask you, you know, did you work 40 hours? And you're like, how would I? How would I do that? How would I, as a comedian from home, I guess you're right, I could be developing merch and working on my website. I probably could find things to do for 40 hours a week, maybe, if I was doing live streams five hours a day. But no, it's most of us don't need to spend that long in our job. And we're And if we are, it's because we're stretching it out and we're making work and we're being busy. But if the Idaho Department of Labor asks, yeah, I've been working 40, (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. It's a grind. They're probably going to be calling me. (laughs) (laughs) They actually denied, they kicked me off way back in the fall for no reason. I never could get an answer. I was getting like $100 a a week, so it wasn't like that helpful, but... uh, they kicked me off and I could never get an answer about why. So it's a good system. Great job, Governor Little. Everybody <laughs> loves you. Everybody is going to vote for you. You're a king. Well, what else oh. you got going on? Anything? I think I think that's all my notes for here. Let's see. I don't think I had any notes. Um, oh, here. Let's talk. Do you want to get into something kind of deep? Do we have time? How long have we been talking? Oh, okay. Let's see. Three hours and five minutes. Um, <laughs> That's not possible. Oh, I just got an email from Governor Brad Little. Oh, did he know I was talking shit? Is that what that's about? Oh my gosh, I think Is he, he mad? did because you know what it says? What? New online tool helps Idahoans learn when, where to receive COVID-19 He's listening. Vaccine. He's a viewer. <laughs> hey, Brad. Remember that time we sat next to each other at that thing? Um <laughs> Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. there you go. They so, are trying to get them out. I'll be uh, 
looking that up, but it's going to tell us when and where, but it's not going to tell, it's not going to give us an option to register. I know that's the thing. That's no. all I want to do is just, just tell them like who, when, I air, to, who I am and where I am. I'm just seeing where we're at. Oh, we're at 66 minutes. All right. So no deep today, but I will tell you this. Yesterday I had a, uh, I was watching um, Steve Martin's band. Oh, I uh, love them. I love them too. I can't remember their name right now. The, um, they're, they have a lovely tiny desk concert that you can watch. I've seen them live and they are fantastic. Um, yeah, I've never I, seen them live. I keep I've wanting to say Soggy to. Bottom Boys, but yeah, it's not. I, I'm it's, like, <laughs> I keep thinking it'll come to me. It's not coming. But anyway, they're lovely. And I was watching them and I was like, that is the career I want. I just want uh, one year of being famous for comedy. Because he was really only comedy famous for like three years. Then he did a bunch of movies. Then he was like, I'm not into this shit anymore. I'm just playing banjo. And then that's what he's been doing. And I'm like, that's the career. That's the way to do it is be like, all right, I'm done. No, I'll being- tell you whose career I want. Who? Fran Lebowitz. Oh, fuck yes. Fran Lebowitz. Right. A couple of books in your early 20s. A couple of books that are just essays. <laughs> just like loosely right. unconnected. Yeah. yeah. Like w- like one chapter will be like this long and it's just like, I think capitalism's a mess. And you're like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then spend the rest of your life just, just having people fawning over you because you're a wit. Yeah. How do you get to be a wit? I would love, I feel like I'd be a great <laughs> next Fran Lebowitz. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, I also have several books of essays uh, that are unconnected to anything. Um, I And then get writer's block for like literally 40 years. 40 years. Never write anything else but show up and be cool at parties. Yeah. I could totally With like do a that. uniform. Like yeah. an expensive uh, custom uniform. Yeah. Big glasses. I, I got those. I got big glasses. They're more thick than they are big, but... <laughs> I could totally do that. Yeah. Same, literally same hairstyle. Yeah. For the your entire life. And you're just you're just like interesting at parties. Yeah. She is has made a career and has made a has had a vibrant, long lasting career, not even being a stand up comedian. No. Only by having people interview her. How do I do that? <laughs> How do you get to be Fran so, Lebowitz? Yeah. I mean, you, you want to learn how to play the banjo, but I yeah. want to sit on a stage and have somebody interview me and make wry commentary. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's even funny because I own two, uh, both her books yeah. have read half of one, you know? Like that's, I. it was, you know, I, I love her, but I also am like, why do you love her? Like you just like her interviews and you read half of one of her books once. So I used to read her in Vanity Fair and I do remember and I wish that I could find it now. Maybe somebody could help me because I have looked. She wrote an article once um, in Vanity Fair and it was about how uh, candy is basically sex for children. Like Sandy, candy is the equivalent of sex <laughs> for children. And she made a really compelling argument and huh. it was hilarious. Huh. And I remember that article because I, sh- I was in high school and I shared it with my mom and we both laughed. And then I did have one of her books and I, I did read it because I was a big fan, but that was when I was in high school. Yeah. And then since then, I have just like longed for, you know, just the like talking headpiece that it'll uh, occasionally be in some magazine, you know, nylon magazine or something. Somebody interviews Fran Lewitz. And I mean, I think now, like I watched the most recent special that she did with Marty Scorsese. Yeah. And she is... She's still funny, and I still really appreciate uh, a lot of her insights. 
but I do feel like her time has passed a little bit. Yeah, that's not she's a job. Not, she's not relevant. Yeah, that's not a like no. That's not a job. Everybody is doing that now. Yeah. You know, kind of just being like doing observations. Well, and she's not and, up on a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, she's a luddite, so she has no social media. She has no cell phone. She has oh, nothing. Yeah. So. You know, there's only so much you can say about walking around New York, especially during COVID. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I not that she needs to be replaced. There's a place for her, I think, forever. forever. Yeah. Um, but that maybe we need a new friendly woods. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I nominate you. I nominate you. <laughs> I nominate you. Oh. Maybe we could be a like a We're friendly a duo. Woods team. We're a duo. <laughs> We're a team, yeah. The Leibowitzes. <laughs> Yeah, two girls from Idaho, yeah. the Leibowitzes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The new rural Leibowitz is what we're going with here. Yeah. How do you feel about candy? Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't used to like candy, and I am really into it now. You know, I was always for years one of those people who was like, I don't really like sweets. I'm more of a savory person. Um, and then one day that I started eating sweets, and I was like, oh, no, these are actually great. Uh, well, and also once you start eating sweets, you can't stop yeah. eating sweets. Yeah, I like because candy. It's, it's addictive. Uh, it's yep. a drug. Yeah, sugar. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I love a candy. I'm still one of those people that I'm not a sweet person, uh, and uh, like J- Judge John Hodgman says, or John Hodgman says, I have an alcohol molar. <laughs> <laughs> like if I yeah. really want something, yeah. it's usually like a stiff drink. It's a stiff. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's part of it because I don't drink, so right. I'm kind of like candy is. Candy is my candy and caffeine, mm-hmm. uh, and boys. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> those are my drugs of choice. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I I do like candy, and I like cookies, and I like cake. I'm about to go home and make my great grandma Emily's molasses cookies for my mom's birthday, which is today, um, because that's what she. I said, "What do you want for your birthday?" And she wants these molasses. Great I didn't know you Emily's. had a great grandma, the Emily. Yes, that's who I'm I didn't named know after. Historical name. I'm named after both of my great grandmas. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And they were both named Emily. No, well, I'm, my name is not Emily. Emily. <laughs> it is now. It is. My name is Emily. Emily. It's Emma. Emily. It's Emma. Emily. <laughs> a very millennial of you. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I liked it. Emma. Uh, Emily. Kelsey. Kelsey Kane. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, it was named after both my great grandmas. My mom wanted to name me Tila after the wood duck. And my grandpa oh, really? was like, or, <laughs> or. <laughs> Tila, isn't that a character from um, Masters of the Universe? Is it? I It might be. I think Tila was uh, Adam or He-Man's sister. Really? No, I don't know, but. Who I, I could have been? I don't either. It sounds. It's who right I could have been. I've always thought <laughs> you actually make a great Tila. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, can see I that. feel like it's a very different version of me. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that should be your AKA. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my pseudonym over here. Tila Leibowitz. Tila Leibowitz. <laughs> yes. Yep. A hundred percent. That's that's who I am. All my new all my new erotica will be under that name. Tila Leibowitz. Look for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is it T E E L A or T I L A? T E A L A. Tila. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's and my really mom always regretted not naming me Tila. I think she really she felt bummed that she got talked into Emily. So my name was also disappointing for my mother because my older sister's name is Bijou, B-I-J-O-U. And 
my Which mom very cool. wanted to name me Natasha, mm-hmm. but she didn't want to have a French name and then a Russian name. Sure. You and can't, so obviously. she could not figure out another French name that wasn't like Nanette or Minette or Babette. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, you'd be a pretty dope Babette. <laughs> So um, then my grandpa, I guess, was watching the Olympics and there was a French skier and her name was Jocelyn. And so she picked that. But my middle name is Nicole and I'm, I am named after the character in Tender is the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald oh. named Nicole, who is based on Zelda Fitzgerald. Oh, So the very, very beautiful but totally insane character Perfect. <laughs> was what my Perfect. mom picked she for me. She was like... This is the one. An Olympic, a really out of her mind Olympic skier. That's who I want my daughter to be. Actually, dope. That's a dope daughter. Yeah, I'm totally into it. My mom was like, I want a duck. Not a baby, a duck. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, and then I was really glad that I wasn't named Natasha because I had a Turkish friend and I told him that story once and he's like, oh, it's so good that you are not named Natasha because I guess Natasha is the nickname for prostitutes in Turkey because so many Russian women come to Turkey and work as prostitutes. And so they call them Natasha's. You could have been a Natasha. (laughs) So I could have been a a Turkish prostitute. That's a party version of Jocelyn over here. The Natasha. Natasha and Tila. Natasha and Tila. This is a whole other podcast. It is a wild podcast. It is not on a patio. There are no coats. It is bikini season all the right, time. So maybe this summer we'll have to have the Natasha. <laughs> yeah, we'll have. We'll, you need a, this summer we'll do a bikini Natasha and Tila version. Uh, I I love it. I'm into it. We'll do some role play. You can be Russian. I'll be. What is Tila? What do you think that that's? That's redneck, I guess, is what that is. No, Deeply. no, no, no. Uh, it's uh, multi-ethnic. Oh, okay. Natila is? Yeah. yeah. Tila, I guess so. You know, like four amazing things. Like, you'll see that person and, and they're like, my nationality is... They speak eight languages. Right. The whole I world. I'm not cool enough to role play that. <laughs> We're not going to be able to do that. I'm going to have to go with my mother's version, which she was picturing... Uh, you know, my poor mom, she always just wanted me to be like very outdoorsy. And I am now, but as a kid, I was like such a bookworm. You know, every picture of me as a child is uh, I'm in a canoe reading a book. I'm camping and I'm in the car reading a book. You know, <laughs> I that's all I did as a child. So this Tila version was very outdoorsy. I mountain always, biking. I always love my mom's um, alternate persona, which my mom's name is Leslie. And she's like the quintessential like... 50s housewife mom type she's just like cute and friendly and sort of ditzy and she always wanted her name to be taffy (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like oh so you want your name to be exactly like who you You want to be taffy you don't want to be somebody different you just want to be even more what you are did she try to get it to take off i always love when somebody wants to get a nickname going and people will not like okay i'm finally going to tell you the story alex loves this story When I was probably about 10, I went to the dentist and you know how they have you bite down on those things for, uh, for the x-ray those horrible wing things. I bit down so hard. I, I bit through one and they were like, Oh yeah, yeah. Don't bite down so hard. And then I did it. Like I could just bit as hard as I could because I really wanted 
to get the nick. I was hoping they would notice what a powerful bite I had, and that I could get them to get the nickname Shark Tooth going. Oh, I, I swear you told me this. I before. probably have. Alex yes. has been like, you and need to tell like, that on the podcast. And I really think Shark Tooth was the nickname. Tila. Shark Tooth Tila. <laughs> yes, that was who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Shark Tooth, and I and I like at school I would try to be like people call me Shark Tooth. When I moved to a new school, I was like, yeah, my name's Emily, but people call me Shark Tooth, and people were like, we're not. <laughs> no, they don't. no, nobody's doing <laughs> Nobody that. Nobody's that. calling you that. Oh, the so, worst thing is being a kid and really, really wanting a nickname. Yeah, trying to and get like it going. Only having like a stupid nickname that your parents maybe call you. Yeah, because you know what my nickname was, and people, my family still calls me this. Pidge. I love your nickname. Yeah, but it's short for pigeon. <laughs> Which is on par with being a wood duck, really. You know, that's Yeah, Tila and Pidge. <laughs> So, Pidge is which, such a cute nickname, though. Well, it's it's maybe cute now, but it was not the nickname that like a twelve-year-old yeah. Jocelyn wanted. You wanted to be Razor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, actually, what I wanted my nickname would to be Jazz. Ooh, yeah. See, Shark Tooth and Jazz. Or, or because on. my name is Jocelyn, I thought I could be like Joe from Little Women, yeah. and so I tried to get Joe going for a while. Yeah. And my dad calls me Josh. That's cute. Um, but that's. Now Josh is like a bro, you know? Yeah. Josh isn't cute. I'm not a bro. No. So. My family calls me M, which is fine. I don't care. But one of my biggest pet peeves is when men I don't know very well call me M. Because it's clearly... Uh, I also I don't like when people do nicknames with you where they're like you're like you're trying to force an intimacy here yeah, that we sure. do not have. I really don't care for that. And um, when people call me M, it's an immediate like it it forms like if a man I don't know very well calls me M, it's like an immediate like we we never become friends. You never recover from that because I I just it's it's like a grading I don't know because like, only like four people call me that and it's a very it's like a very intimate family name. So if you. And like my ex, after we broke up, he would call me M and I'd be like, you know, I don't like you to call me that. He'd always be like, oh, I'm sorry. I always forget. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're not forgetting. It's a weird forced intimacy control thing that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like M, M. And I'm like, ugh. So Yeah. A few people have made the mistake of calling me Jossie. Ew. Yeah. I would never call you Jossie. (laughs) I would never. That is, that, I don't know why this popped into my head, but someone who calls you Jossie is next going to like try to get you to do diaper play with them. Okay. (laughs) That person is like, no judge, no judge. If that's your thing, whatever, that's your thing. But like, I know you well enough to know that. Don't do that with me and then also call me Jossie. Yeah. Yeah. Jossie is, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Emmy, sometimes people call me Emmy and I'm always like, what are you doing? I'm clearly not. Emmys play volleyball. So why did you go from Emily to Emma? Uh, When I was in the third grade, there were four Emilies in my class. And my teacher was like, and this was, I was in Caldwell. I was going to school in Caldwell. And uh, the teacher was like, I can't keep track of- for people who don't live here- it's just a shithole. It's That's just, what it, it is. was. So it when was, we say Caldwell, like knowingly, it's we that we know it's yeah. a shithole. I'm like, yeah, Caldwell. <laughs> That's where we were living at the time. We bounced around a lot when I was a kid, but uh, we, that year we were in Caldwell. And um, so she gave everybody nicknames and mine, one kid, one girl was Emily, one was Emmy. Um, I can't remember what the third girl was. And she called me Emma. And it just kind of stuck after that. I don't think I did anything to make it stick because we I moved schools. But by then, like some of the people in my family had picked it up. And I think I kind of liked the separation between um, 
my home life and like the rest of my life. So like my family still calls me Emily. Um, and you know, everyone else calls me Emma and it just kind of stuck like that. And it, I, every time I moved to schools, I would just say my name was Emma and everybody humored me. And so, yeah, I just kind of stuck with it. And now it's weird because because I've never known you as anything other than Emma. And it's also your professional name. Yeah, it's my professional name. And like my mom and my brother, like a, a, f- a few people, some of the people in my family have switched to Emma, which I always find kind of jarring. And I'm always kind of like, oh, you don't, that's, but I think they think they're being respectful. And I'm always a little like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. But, um, but then sometimes occasionally someone like from the outside world will call me Emily and I'm like, <laughs> Nope, no, 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 nope, no, don't care for it, don't need it. Okay, Alex, every once in a while, will call me Emily, and he can get away with it, where I'm like, I don't care for it, but it's acceptable. Like, he'll, like, make a joke and call me Emily, and I'm like, all right, fine. Maybe we'll finally be at a place of, once he learns how to make a fucking cup of coffee, he can call me (laughs) Emily. Once he's got that in his back pocket, then we'll finally be a place of intimacy where I trust him enough to let him call me Emily. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So that exact same thing happened to my mom because she's she was Anne, but then she went to kindergarten and there was so many Anns that they called everybody by their middle name and my mom's name was Leslie. Oh, funny. And so she's been Leslie for her whole life, except with her family who call her Anne. And every time I hear somebody call her Anne, I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. That's Leslie. That's what people will be like, why do they keep calling you Emily? And I'm like, it's my name. So I guess school just gets to decide yeah, names. They just get to decide. <laughs> they just get to decide. That's like my friend, uh, a friend of mine has uh, an Indian name and they were like, your name's Tom. We're just going to call you Tom. And he went by Tom for a number of years and then finally was like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. My also, name- it's not harder. Yeah. He was like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't really care for it. Yeah. yeah, any non-European name, everybody like, oh, we're gonna stumble over that. This. this is so weird. Oh, I can't it's like, do oh, it. you could just figure out how to say it. You can do Jocelyn and Tila, but <laughs> <laughs> Sirsha. <laughs> well, I gotta go make some cookies. Yeah. Got anything else to add? Nope. Um, Alex got us caught up. If you're watching the live stream, if you don't know already, this is also a podcast. If the rain was too much for you to listen to, uh, you're at the end of it. So apparently, it was not. But. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, thanks okay. for being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Love thanks you. for hanging out. Bye. We're going to... Here, sing us out, Jaws. Look at my gravelly voice. Man, I did not comb my hair. Going to comb it for the next one. Get prepared, everybody. Love you. Bye.